Welcome to Faith, Family, and Politics. I'm your host, Joshua Cummins. We're going to have a really big show today. That's our good friend, Louis Rodriguez, here in studio with us. Woohoo! He's back in studio. Uh, that was the studio audience. There. <laughs> I, I didn't. Ha- I didn't have the the audience button. I thought we were going to get a claps on, on him for sure. Uh, but uh, and Sterling is looking for the button. So while he looks for that button uh, to cheer for Louis, <laughs> <laughs> there it is. So Thirty minutes in, there's a random thank clap. You, and cheer. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's all Louis. Louis fans is huge crowd out here. They won't turn the cameras around. They're fake news. Um, <laughs> Uh, but welcome to Faith, Family, and Politics once again. But uh, while I'm getting ready to kick things off, we're going to talk about Revolver Broadcasting just a little bit because uh, we, we like to, you know, well, it's, I guess it's not bragging. We just, we're, we're shooting for the stars here. We're trying to change the culture, right, Alan? Yes, sir, every time. Um, so we're trying to bring it back to where people understand that family values is an okay thing to strive for. Um, so we have shows like this, Faith, Family, and Politics. Uh, we have Louis' uh, show, Rodriguez Rants. It's not yeah. very family. It's not very family friendly, but you know, but it does teach family values. And then, even though it's a little more risque, as we'll say in the business, uh, we do have the Laughing Libertarian with our good friend Alan McFarlane. Oh, are you introducing yeah, me was, now? Yeah, we're talking about the show. Yeah, you you got crickets from Sterling, so you know what, Sterling. Anyway, yeah, thanks for having me on, and uh, I'm putting out episodes again. Yeah, back in the studio. So uh, yeah, don't bring your kids, but enjoy the show. Yeah, season two is much more spicy, right? Double spicy. <laughs> and then uh, we have another show uh, called What is the Truth About? Dot, dot, dot with Danny. That's host Danny Tippett. Make sure you check that out. That is a faith-based show. Um, so the, the dot, dot, dot is to fill in that with that subject. Um, his most recent episode was about Christianity in particular. So make sure you're checking that out. Uh, he's got a new episode of that coming out soon. Rodriguez Rance has got a new episode coming out soon. And, you know. Laughing Libertarian is cycling right into your feed there. So make sure you're watching all these shows. Know that we do have a website coming. Um, there's, a, there's a man in the studio tonight. He's been working tirelessly on it, Cam Reed. Ironically, um, he's asleep. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. That, that's only because I'm so boring. <laughs> no, um, but he has been working tirelessly on it, and I, and I have to get, get him a, a few more things to help him get, get to the, the end goal on that. But um, we do have a website in the works. Uh, we have comic books that are in the works. Uh, we're, we're working day and night, it seems, uh, trying to get these things out here for you guys. And those comic books are going to be for entertainment for entertainment's sake. So they're not going to have a particular slant of left or right or anything like that. It's just stories for story's sake. So you can you can have some escapism in your life. You're going to get to see Josh and Taste. <laughs> Nobody oh. wants to see that. <laughs> not even the wife. Well, there, goes, there goes the first run of comic books. Yeah. They're going to be in a closet somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, that is not a wrestling career that I want to go for. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay. Bills so, are paid? Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, before we just before we say bills are paid, make sure that you're, you're liking this, right? You got to smash the like button now. You got to smash it. You can't smash just tap it. it. There's, yeah. no, there's, no, there's no politely touching it. That's just not how it works. Smash it. Smash that like it, button. It's somewhere down in the bottom, you know. In the, uh, yeah. A like button, the little yeah. thumbs up thing. Yeah, like. yeah, that's what YouTube's got, and then Rumble's got a little plus button to to rumble us up. I guess I, I don't know. I don't know what they call it when when it has a, it's a like. I think it's a like, but I, I don't know exactly. I know it's a plus or minus, and and we've we've only ever gotten pluses. Not you know we don't have many viewers, but on Rumble, but you got to you got to fix that. Go over to Rumble to watch this show. Um, but yeah, 
make sure you're liking, comment. We want to hear from you. You know, if there's things that you want to kick in on the conversation here, make sure you're commenting. And share. sharing is caring. caring. I didn't get the button there either. I tried to, to prompt. He's not paying attention to you right now. Let's see. Let's try it again. Sharing is caring. caring. No. You're I think it's it. a purple button. That's okay. okay. We're having technical difficulties. I tried. <laughs> batting a thousand this week. That's technical a nickel problem. Yeah. yeah. See, sharing is caring. Um, and so now that the bills are paid, and we've already introduced these other two uh, gentlemen at the at the at the uh, table. Oh, gentlemen. Yeah. Upgrade. Now, <laughs> across from me this week, welcoming welcoming her back, the softer side of faith, family, and politics, Yvonne Metcalf. Thank you Hello. for joining us. Thank you. And I hear that you've got a message for us this week. I do, and it's called Today's Difficulty is Tomorrow's Lesson. I like it. So if you want to, we'll go ahead and get that started. If you want to go ahead and kick us off in prayer, that would be great, Josh. Thank you. Can do. Certainly. Uh, Father God, we want to thank you for this time of uh, fellowship, to be able to uh, get around this table here and talk about all of these things and be able to point it all back to you, God and uh, show people that they're not alone out there and that your glory is to be not only worshipped, but also to be uh, spread throughout the land. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So it's not going to start out like that, though. It doesn't usually because we're human beings. And um, <coughs> Sorry, that was me. So today's <laughs> difficulty, tomorrow's lesson. Um, so a few months back, I got to give a little uh, history on this. Um, I was working at another place and I was dealing with a Bible study on basically anger management. Um, and so I had to do this worksheet, um, and filled it out about things that I didn't like. Uh, I don't know about you. There are some things that just, you know, tick you off right away. Yeah. I don't know how else to say it. Um, so I just went down this list, you know, people who think they know it all. Um, uh, when I go for help for, from somebody and they don't listen, um, any leader, supervisor, person in authority who is unfair or incompetent, any person who judges me before they know me, anyone who hates America, uh, people who think they are in charge, but they're not. Those things just make me angry. Um, and I don't know about you. There's other, you know, it's, it varies from person to person. Obviously. I can relate to a lot of those. I agree with you. We well, talk about it a lot with Joe Biden. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Good point. Thank he doesn't even God remember. We don't have none of that over here. <laughs> he doesn't even remember to hate. He just, he just dawdles. Right. <laughs> thinks oh he's in my charge goodness. And he's not. He thinks he's in charge, but he's not exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he's checking off the boxes there. I, <laughs> right. I can see why you don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> he hates America. Okay, never mind. Uh, <laughs> he really does. <laughs> okay. So, but, yeah, back anyways, to yes. Okay. So the plan. So I had to come up with a plan. I'm cut it out, Josh. Yeah. After I explain <laughs> what I'm, the, my, I'm sorry. This so, thing is so yeah, sorry. It's got to go. So sorry. <laughs> we, have, we have all kinds of drink rules we have to follow, and Josh is breaking them all somehow. Every single one of them. Every single one of them. The host is making every single one of them. That's, that's my fault. You're and a I'm great taking, host, Josh. Taking, taking ownership for it. I'm taking ownership for it. <laughs> okay. So anyways, I was supposed to come up with a plan here, um, and um, 
so some of my thoughts were to confront, walk away, don't assume, speak the truth in love. That's an actual verse in the Bible. Um, and it's a good um, plan of action, too, a lot of times. Pray, ask God for help. I did a show a few months back about prayer. Yes. Um, and remember, there's a level playing field. We're all on the same level. No one's better, no one's less. So, you know, sometimes you get to feeling either like, oh, yeah, I did great, or like, oh, I'm just worthless. No, neither one. We're all right here. Yeah. Um, and um, then breathe. You've heard that count to 10 thing, right. you know, or at least take a breath before you speak. <laughs> and then be kind, but speak the truth. And so we're supposed to speak it. We're not supposed to hold it in which I'm guilty of that, you know, no, nothing's wrong, nothing's wrong. Never mind, everything's wrong, I'm going to kill you. Now, uh, you're sitting at the table with three fellas that cannot hold anything in. <laughs> I was going to say, Louie and I definitely don't have shows not if a, we count to ten. Not <laughs> a, oh, okay. Well, it's not applicable to everything, but yeah, we're going here. We're talking about personal relationships, so yeah, yeah that's a different, whole different thing. Um and um, pray, live out the truth, so worry about your character, not what people think, and uh, forgive, because perfect love casts out fear, so that's my plan, the plan that I came up with six months ago. That it does, and and, uh, and to further your point on that, um, and Sterling and I were talking about this not too long ago, how kindness leaps, hump, uh, was it hump, lumps of coal, heaps lumps of coal, is that correct? I want to make sure I say it right. Keeps lumps of coal on your enemy's head. Kindness keeps lumps of coal on your enemy's head. I got that. I got that wrong initially. I know, Alan. I stumbled. I had a Biden moment. That's okay. <laughs> made Alan laugh. Perfectly fine. Ooh, mercy. <laughs> uh, first, it sounded like it was belong, it belonged on my show. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> we'll, we'll clip it. <laughs> no, no, I'll leave it in because yeah. Mistakes. Uh, yeah. Today's difficulty, right? Yeah. Today's so. difficulty. Yep. Going through it. Okay. So we're supposed to put off things. The Bible talks about putting off, putting on, putting off the old nature, putting on new, the new nature. And so we're going to follow this train of thought here. Um, things that we shouldn't be thinking. I hate you. I wish I'd never met you. You're incompetent, unhelpful. I don't care what you say. Serves you right. You shouldn't be there. I should. Bad name calling, rage even. Wishing they were dead, um, wishing payback on them, somebody uh, ignoring them, um, snubbing them, being impatient, even lying or possibly gossiping. You know, this is all tough stuff. I mean, I don't like to even say it as a Christian to say, well, maybe I've thought that. But it happens, and we still have that old nature, and that's why we're supposed to put it off. Yeah. Did you hear about so-and-so? They're a terrible parent. Terrible parent. Right. Oh, yeah. And sometimes it's disguised as a prayer request, which is even worse. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I've seen it firsthand, so, Alan. It does exist. Yeah. So he's going to learn what he doesn't want to know. Um, we're imperfect still as Christians. True story. Yeah. Um, so we got to put on the new nature, which is, of course, um, talked about in First Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter is what that's called. Um, love, charity is kind, patient, not easily provoked, rejoices not in iniquity, but in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. 
Uh, we're supposed to be respectful for people in position of authority. Um, we're supposed to prefer one another. We're not supposed to be fake about that. Uh, some people will do that to your face and then behind your back, uh, stab you in the back. Mm-hmm. But we're supposed to be sincere in that, and which is a little difficult um, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Jesus says, my peace I leave with you, not as the world gives. And um, then you're supposed to pray uh, for people who you're trying to deal with, that they see the truth, mm-hmm. and then maybe, maybe have an opportunity to speak the truth to them. And then you are supposed to trust God. And that's something that we say all the time. But, I mean, really, yeah. trust God. So um, Talking about that difficulty earlier, it's like, Right. You want, you want to take care of it yourself. We think we're so big and mighty on our own until something comes up and we're like, dang it. Can't do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not Too big do for it. me. Yep. <laughs> see, see, if I say my peace, I leave with you, it means you're in a bad neighborhood and I want you to be safe. It's a Second Amendment thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ron DeSantis. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that the works my too. peace, I leave with you. <laughs> okay, so... Um, We need to experience and embrace his grace so that we can pass that on to other people uh, in a nutshell. Okay, so uh, Psalms 91 verses 1 and 2 is a wonderful verse, and it talks about God and how he takes care of us. It says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. I love this. In the shelter of the Most High, I will rest. Deep breath. (sighs) I'm going to rest now. In the shadow, do you know why I am in in his shadow? He's bigger than I am. Um, He is the Almighty. He is so strong, like a wrestler or like a giant. He is my refuge. Someone who is running for their life needs a refuge, a safe space. He is my refuge and my fortress. Ever try to break into a fortress? You can't. The walls are too thick. There are locks, deadbolts. You can't get in. God is my fortress. And there is usually provisions so you can eat, shower. There might be flowers. Anyway, it's a place. My God in whom I trust You know why I trust him? He is my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my God. He is bigger than me and anyone or anything that I am afraid of. So those verses were an awesome blessing to me prior to the past few weeks. But we forget. Yeah. We do. So, um, (laughs) So I sat down to get ready for the podcast. You asked me to do the podcast this week, and I'm like, the podcast, grr, I can't do this. <laughs> um, I'm working a different job um, at a daycare now. Um, sorry, a school, never mind. A daycare, changing pull-ups, cleaning spills, reminding children of the rules. I, It's not my favorite. I um, guess that's one of the worst jobs out there. It's not my favorite. I love the kids, but... Um, the job is difficult sometimes. Um, yeah, the only with thing kids, yeah. with small children, it's small children. Um, the only thing I want to do is teach them and comfort them. And I'm doing the other part of that. 
So I'm, but this is my job. This is my title. So that's what I'm doing. And so, uh, had to do the podcast and I'm coming, I'm going, I don't have anything. I'm fresh out of amazing. And I'm reading this book called fresh out of amazing. And so this girl is talking about a lot of common things that women deal with. I'm exhausted. I'm not good enough. God isn't listening. He doesn't love me. No one appreciates me. On and on and on we go with this thing. And she's saying that we're supposed to be patient and wait on God because he's working on things that we can't see. Hmm. When we can't see it for our good and his glory. And so I go to Romans 8, 28, one of my life verses. It says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are the called according to his purpose. But what about now? What about with what's happening now in my real life? Okay. It's not just a theory. Okay. Ironically, I was also looking into a, um, into a Bible study on, uh, having a focus on self, which we're not supposed to do. Um, so what does this all mean? And I wrote down right here, I don't know. I don't know what it means. I don't know where I'm going. I am literally lost at this moment. Um, I don't even see why I'm here. Um, it was advice from a friend, a bunch of closed doors. And so here I am in a Christian environment and feeling like anything but a Christian because I'm really frustrated. And I don't like, I, like I told you before, I like to know the steps ahead. I like to know where are we going, and God is not telling me where we are going right now. <laughs> He's like, nope, you need to listen. He'll so, never tell you where you're going to go. Yeah, I'm jumping ahead. Okay. Um, so anyway, um, I was asking this question, is God working really? Um, and then right away, I'm like, yeah, I know he is. I've been saved for 40 years now. I know that he's working. Yeah. Just like David did in the Psalms, you know, he'd say, where are you, God? Then he'd say like, oh, yeah, but never mind. I know you're working it out. <laughs> so I feel a lot like that in this current moment. Um, I just can't see it. I can't always see it, see it clearly. I don't know what he requires of me other than working diligently, which is what I'm doing. Um, to the best of my ability. And so two things came to mind. Don't quit and be who God wants you to be um, and die to yourself, which is not popular in this culture. No, it's not. But it's something that we have to do. And so I came to the conclusion the job is basically irrelevant because he can literally use anything to bring glory to himself. I can be a ditch digger or I can be the president and God can get glory from my life because I am being who he wants me to be. You spend your whole life, your whole school life, what am I going to do? Where am I going to fit? What, what best uses my talents? No, God wants you to be who you are supposed to be wherever you are and then he can get glory from that. And so um, the verses I came up with here are from the book that I was reading, and I'm just going to run through these really quickly. The first one is in Matthew chapter 11. Let me get to my Bible here on my phone. Certainly. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
I'm not going to uh, text anyone for this. Dear Lord. No, just kidding. Um, Matthew. Wouldn't that be great if you could just... Right? Text God. Would that be awesome? Yo, Jesus, what's up? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he replies, in international waters roaming. I'll get back to you soon. <laughs> oh, Lord. AT&T won't sign up for my data plan. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So this is, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. So I'm not feeling like resting right now. I'm feeling like really stressed. But he's saying, no, you need to let that go and let me handle it and just trust it. Okay, next verse. Um, By the way, I truly hate waiting, in case you can't tell. Okay. Which brings me to Isaiah 40, 31, which is another good verse, another life verse that I've known forever that I need to be reminded of sometimes. Yeah, certainly patience is a virtue. And I'll tell you this. I, I want to look at the camera when I say this, too, because people need to know. Never, ever pray for patience because God's going to answer that prayer over and over and over and over again in your life. And you're just like, no. <laughs> Unless, of course, you're fresh out of med school, then pray for patience because you need the money back. <laughs> I could always give you my Or if card. that's your girlfriend's name, I guess maybe you want to pray for her to, you know, accept your marriage proposal. But otherwise, don't be like, hey, God, I, I could use some more patience because he, he'll, he'll, he'll make he'll you. He'll definitely put you in that position to have patience. If not, I'll give you my card to my psychiatrist. He'll, he'll help you with that. He'll help you with patience. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe not. I'll be impatient with them. I'll be a terrible patient. <laughs> Sorry, it was it was low hanging. It was fruit, too Alan. much, yeah. <laughs> Alan's influencing. Okay. <laughs> From across the table. Sorry, <laughs> okay, so this is another good one. It just says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Um, and then the next one here is in Isaiah 43. And it tells us, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, and you will not know it. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Next verse, Romans chapter 5. If you happen to have a Bible handy. But, uh, but also, like, I, like, I just like that verse right there because it's like there's always, he's gonna, always going to give us a way. Exactly. Right? Where you don't see it. In the yeah. desert? A river? Really? Right. Yeah, really. I know Alan would get excited. Is there a gulch here? <laughs> a gulch. <laughs> nice. Nice. Is there a story with that? No, not necessarily. No, no, no. He, he likes white water. I, I do a lot hiking. of, yeah, a lot of water stuff. I yeah. see. I got you. Okay. Okay, so the next one here is in... He's a fish. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just dragging a kayak through the desert. <laughs> no, I'm going to find something. <laughs> Come on, God. Where is it? Come on. I know you're going to give it to me. <laughs> Make it crazy. <laughs> Three hours in, I've just flipped the kayak over and I'm underneath it. <laughs> Stay in the shade. <laughs> Help! <laughs> Bring the water. <laughs> He's texting Jesus. He's texting. <laughs> Sorry, in Israel right now. <laughs> Get back to you soon. 
<laughs> long as he don't get swallowed by a whale. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, serves my serves him right. <laughs> a whale. I'm sitting there in my kayak here. Just a whale across the sand. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I'm, I'm so sorry. We get off the rails quite a bit on here. <laughs> goodness you are too much oh lord he gives a sense of humor to some people i'm serious okay just nobody here Uh. (laughs) oh my goodness so anyways um (laughs) wow i did lose my train of thought on that one okay um not only so but we glory in tribulation also knowing that tribulation works patience patience experience experience hope and hope makes not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad on our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. So you were talking about that patience. He works on that, and that works in us experience, and experience gives us hope. So when we see a situation come up, then we're not just going to throw in the towel. We're going to say, he did this before. He can do it again. Yep. Okay, um, last verse, Habakkuk, which is where this kind of all started for this lady. She was doing this study. Um, in the book that I mentioned before. My dad mentioned that book last week. It says, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon a tower and will watch to see what he will say to me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. And she was talking about him going, she was talking about him getting her attention because we're so busy doing life. We have to do the dishes. We have to do the laundry. We have to put food on the table. We have to go to work. We have to put gas in the car. We have to take care of kids if we're in that stage of life. Mm-hmm. And it just keeps going. It's, it doesn't stop. And so you have to be intentional about stopping to listen. Mm-hmm. Just like I do with the little children, when you want a three- or four-year-old's attention, they are easily distracted. <laughs> yeah. So you have to kind of say, look at me look at me, I want your attention here, and this is what I want you to do. Listen, Alan. And so... I was thinking we distracted her. (laughs) She's telling us about how to get get distracted. How to bring someone back to distracted. It's the truth, though. Yeah, yep, you got it, dude. No kidding. I get distracted myself, and so God says to me, look, look at me and wait for my answer. This is what I'm telling you to do. And so I just have to stop and listen. And that's what this was. It was a watchtower, a place where he could be alone and wait and listen. And he he didn't say, if God talks to me, he said, I'm going to listen to what he will say to me. So he knew God was going to answer, but he just had to wait for it. Find your your place of solitude so that you can listen. So you can listen. Yes. We've had a lot of instances like that, haven't we, Louie? Yes, he still haven't listened. I mean, he, have, he still haven't <laughs> answered me yet. <laughs> but he will. He will in his time. Yeah. When and I so, St. Thomas. Right. Two, two days ago is when I wrote that. Yesterday and today, I was lead teacher in the three-year-old class for two days because she got sick. The teacher got sick. Mm-hmm. And so God kind of is showing me that Yes, you're going to get to do some things here, you know, maybe a little baby step in this direction. Um, so I'm just still waiting to see what he's, what his plan is. Yeah. And I won't know really till the end. I think I'll look back. You know, there's that song. Um, I wish I could think of it. It's talking about when I get to the end of my life, 
and you've already you've, you've already been there. You're already there. That's what it's called. Yeah. You're already there. I think Sterling knows that he's over there talking yeah. about it. Yeah. Have you heard that one? Crowns. Yes. There, yeah. Great song, yeah. And so when we get to the end of our life, we'll look back and we'll say, oh, he was there. He was there. That's what he was doing. But we just don't know now because we're in the middle of it. So that's my story. So that's today's difficulty, tomorrow's lesson. We'll see where it goes. Okay, so you have some thoughts about that, some ish, yeah. some times when you've had to wait, maybe? Yeah, so you, I mean, we, we all have those things that like we, we learned we learned in the moment, but we didn't know we learned it in the moment. Because uh, when our, we had a discussion a little bit before here, uh, Yvonne and I did, and I was talking about, um, I watched a little bit of stand-up before I left work today while I was checking my emails, and uh, there's this guy named Michael Jr. Were you sitting down while watching the stand-up? I was, ironically. I like no, it. I don't even know if that's ironic at all, because uh, <laughs> most people are sitting down when they're watching stand-up, right? Because uh, <laughs> the person uh, standing is the person talking. Yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the comedian's name is Michael Jr., and he talked about his difficulty with uh, dyslexia as a, as a small child. And I think we're getting a lot of laughter over there in the uh, producer's row. I don't know what is going on or what's making so much. Faces are red. I know that. I know. We're just looking Did for Did I a, say something? I don't know. We're just looking for a tiny bit of professionalism. That's all we're looking for. <laughs> just, a, just a little bit. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I must have missed it. Oh, <laughs> don't I, worry. I about was that. joking. Let's go on with the story. <laughs> that'll be in the, that'll be in the um, outtakes or. Is that what yeah. it called? I'm just going to leave that in. I'm going to let them feel the conviction of the shame of their laughter at shame. whatever I was saying. Shit. No one's going <laughs> to no join me? Shame. Shame okay. on you. No, but no, there is a comedian. His name is Michael Jr. And uh, uh, he talks about having dyslexia as a, as a young man and how that was a really tough difficulty for him to overcome. And at the time, he didn't know what he was going to do. And so whenever he had to look at words or try to read, uh, to keep up with the, the class, he would have to, he developed a, a list of seven different ways to look at it. Seven different ways to look at this, these words. Did I say something else? Cause I see like a lot of I'm, I'm chuckling because I was just thinking about how tragic that is when the doctor comes out and what if the doctor doesn't tell you of dyslexia, they write it down. <laughs> 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 they hand you the sheet that says dyslexia. No. Turn it into the pharmacy and you're still clueless. You're like, I don't know what this is. I have no idea. And then you get to get to the pharmacist and they say, dyslexic, huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> Deaf too. We should probably get you some hearing aids while you're here. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry. Ouch. I'll be quiet for 35 or 40 seconds. That's okay. Uh, but yeah, he talks about how, how difficult that was as a, as a small child. And, and, and that I, I, I can relate to that a little bit. I'm not, I'm not dyslexic, but I always said I was, always, I was never a strong reader. I stumble a lot even on this show because I'm, I'm just not a strong reader, never have been. Uh, but he would ha he developed a, a list of seven different ways he would have to look at those those words and put them into context, look how other people were reacting to them, all those things so he could figure out how to read. And he still wasn't the strongest reader, but he at least somewhat keep up with his fellow classmates. Well, he didn't know it at the time, but that allowed him to also later in life look at everything that so he was tackling everything that way. So, in, so when he looks, at, does comedy, he's looking at something because he, he finds funny in everything he does. He says, but he not only finds it funny one way, he finds it funny seven different ways. Which is great for a comedian. Yeah, 
<laughs> and he talked. He had, he brought up some points, and I don't want to ruin it. So check out Michael Jr. By the way, because he's just he's really funny. He performs in a lot of churches. Great Christian comedian. And uh, but yeah, I, I just can't imagine like you're you're you have that thing in your life that's so difficult at the time. It's a really a, a a mountain to climb. Mm-hmm. But God was only allowing him to practice. He was practicing for something totally something different, bigger, and much better, and that became his livelihood. Right. Comedy, right? How fantastic! Amazing. And and I think we've all had things like that, that you know, early in life, or or even just you know, like if it's just a few days spread. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Um, that's your story. What about you, Louie? Can you think of a time that you had to wait on something that was helpful later that you didn't know was going to help you at that time? <laughs> I've been trying to wait on a lot of money yeah, lately, and I, I ain't getting it. <laughs> Alan was pointing at himself. Yeah, you like, know, like when you guys are all here waiting for me to show up? Well, and then it pays off. <laughs> <laughs> Sooner or later, God He's will bring to you help. here early. <laughs> but... um. Yeah, there's been plenty of times that um, I've been patient and waiting for things to happen, and it doesn't happen. And there's nothing you can do about it, you know. But just sit back and wait until it does happen. It's the way I see it, you know, because if you push yourself to want to make it, it ain't gonna always work the way you want it to work. So you just gotta lay back and let it happen. I always think of things like that, like trying to grab a bar of soap. <laughs> what I'm saying is no matter how hard you want that soap, right? If you grab that soap too tight, it shoots yeah. out, right? That's kind of like, that's how a lot of things in life you know, yeah. can be at times. You know, no matter how hard you want it, if you grab it too tight, it, it doesn't happen. It doesn't work in your favor. As long as you don't drop it. That's, that's definitely fair. And the that's lesson fair. you learn from that is to buy body wash. Well, I, <laughs> <laughs> or as soon as I catch it, I put it on a rope. <laughs> That is one one way to do it. Okay, Alan, so what have you waited on besides soap? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I was going to say something kind of of cool that kind of goes off what you were talking about with the comedian. Um, My daughter's playing basketball. Mm -hmm. Just a tiny quick story here. Uh, Yesterday, actually, I was trying to explain to her muscle memory and understanding, you know, uh, go to your, find your go-to shot. So when you're in a game, the pressure's on, everyone's on you. You have to worry about hitting one shot. You know, you can hit that. I don't want nine out of 10 times. I want 19 out of 20 times. I want it better than nine out of 10. And, um, I thought that's what she needs to be doing now. And I said, and if you do that over and over and over again, you'll gain muscle memory, your, your, eye, your hand eye coordination. You'll just understand from right there. Your brain will know exactly what kind of pressure to put behind that shot, what kind of angle to put on it, no matter what's in front of you, no matter the pressure. And she looked at me and said, she plays the flute. And she goes, oh, it's like playing the flute. You know, when I, when I want a certain sound, I know exactly the pressure, the air to use, the way to shape my mouth to make a certain sound, things like this. And it was just neat to watch her make that connection as much as I don't. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I don't know anything about a flute. But I can see where you're going. It was neat to watch her do that. She understands it here. Well, and I bet when she, she was first learning it. to play the flute, it was probably pretty painful. Well, right? also, you <laughs> can be, I, it's not practiced at my house, so I don't okay. know. You can be under a lot of pressure with an instrument, you know, as you're playing, performing. Mm-hmm. And so you need to know, you know, already be practiced and know how to make that sound 
at the right time. Right. You know, the note. I was just so neat. Personally, I grew up with sports, so mm-hmm. it was just neat to watch her take that. It's the same thing with that sure. lesson and apply right, it. Sure. Yeah, she related it to it. Right. Waiting for something and seeing it come to fruition. We're waiting for you to come with your story. I know, right? Kind of, kind of. we are. I thought of the fun. <laughs> Is I it going to pay off? No, it's not. It's not going to pay off. It's never going to pay off. Actually, you know, I, I don't have a good story for that. I really don't. Um, I'm You've not never faced difficulties because no, never. It's always been handed. <laughs> Perfect. Right. No, no. I just it's hard to think of something that I really had to like. I guess just I'm on the spot right now, which is strange. I don't really care about being on the spot. It's not that I get nervous, but to think of stories about my life where literally it's like, oh man, it took me forever to work up to that goal, um, yeah. and I'm so happy to see it happen. And I, that sounds like such a such a spoiled perspective, but I just can't think of anything where it's been like. All right, this finally happened. I finally got over the hump. I, I can vouch to that though. When we when we were because we, Alan and I grew up together, so when we were small kids, a lot of times when we were learning stuff like sports and all that. Alan just naturally had talent. He would go out and he just kind of could oh, do it. Oh, Golly, shucks, right? Oh, shucks. Uh, and I'm like <laughs> that jerk over there. I have to work so hard to just dribble the ball, and he's just like, oh yeah, I can put it between my legs. I can dribble the ball between my legs. I can do all this. I can I can do the crossover, uh, and I'm like superstar. I'm just sitting there like, I, I can't do that. <laughs> so my, my dad actually said, so, so I'm going to go a little further into a story for myself in a difficulty that paid off later. Cause it's, it, it does relate to sports because basketball I'm trying to, trying to keep up with the talent over there. So my dad built this <laughs> uh, double-sided box. It's a square just big enough for the basketball to fit in both, both uh, squares. And I had to learn how to dribble just inside that square. And then to change hands, I had to get it out of that square into the other square and then, allow it to stay in that square. And it was just big enough for that basketball to fit in there. I had to learn a lot of muscle memory there. And it'll pay off later because like it's right. one of the strongest things I can do in basketball now is actually dribble. I can't still can't cross over or not like that, but I can I can keep a hold of the basketball pretty well. And it was all because I was trying to keep up with you know, perfection over there. He <laughs> <laughs> was trying to keep I, up I with the all-American. <laughs> well, he made it look natural. <laughs> all-American oh, boy. It. I appreciate it, seriously. Um, but no, I... There, there are a lot of things. My business venture, uh, I didn't see it come to fruition, unfortunately, with my game company. There was, there were two years worth of work uh, put into that. A lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of effort. Uh, I didn't see it come to fruition, and I don't, I don't want an awe. Don't dare do it. Um, so, <laughs> he's looking know, for it. It seems like the things I work the hardest for, I have the most difficulty with uh, actually making them come to fruition. And the things that come natural to me, that you know, they're natural. I want to do them because. Everybody, everything in the universe goes path of least resistance um, naturally. Yeah. You know, it has to be bent and turned and, and shaped to do otherwise uh, in order to grow. And I haven't had to force myself. I, trying to grow has been least successful. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, see, I'm the other. I'm the other end of that spectrum, actually. So, like, anytime someone said, "This is too difficult. You can't do it," and I'm like, "Watch me," because <laughs> I want to make. I wanted. I want to do the thing that you say I can't do. Like uh, I, there, I, I mentioned this podcast, the idea of it to a few people that I know, and they're like, "That's that's that's not gonna happen. You can't you can't do that. You can't do that on a, on a shoestring budget." Look at me now, right, right. <laughs> and not to brag, bragging on God here because he he made that happen. But it, it, it's those 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 difficult things. It's like and everything everything in life. I've always like when I, when I started learning to play guitar as a kid. Now I know that was painful for my parents. 
And I and I wanted to like plug it. My first guitar was an electric guitar. It wasn't an acoustic, so Uh-oh. I could get real loud real quick. And it was a, a Fender amp, and it was it's a pretty good size. So, and we had we lived in a very small house. So, you know, I'm rattling the rafters, whatever, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, yeah, just just stop, you know, like and it and it, back then I harbored anger because I thought that you know they told me like you're probably not going to be a musician. You're probably it's probably not in the cards for you. And it wasn't them trying to trying to be discouraging. It's just that they were fed up with listening to, and then they could just you know loud and ringing out. I did get better at playing music, and I was pursuing a, a music career for a time, and but it didn't happen, and I know why it didn't happen. Because I had to bring those lessons I learned there here, just like with your business prior to this, Alan. You brought that knowledge that the things that those what we call missteps then allowed us to not make those missteps here. It's true. So actually you just told it another story that something that you didn't see it at the time and it's paying off now and it's becoming something bigger. You mean we can get subscribers from this? (laughs) You got to put up the bottom. Give them the puppy dog eyes. Come on. We can get paid. (laughs) Yeah, if, if people start watching on Rumble, there might be right. <laughs> some time we need to take for a My Pillow ad. Yeah, <laughs> come on, Mike. Come on, Mister Lindell. And you hear us now. <laughs> I have two My Pillows. Okay, we love your pillows. <laughs> so, so, give us some money, please. Rock on. <laughs> Doesn't have to be much. We'll mention. It. Yeah. <laughs> There's a mention there. <laughs> we just need everybody else to know that we're serious. That's right. That and between that and uh, Black Rifle Coffee. Oh, there's a lot. Oh, yeah. Of those, yeah, yeah. I would love, I would love for Black Black Rifle Coffee Company to. Uh, you need to say their name right first. Yeah, <laughs> let me let me say that more clarity. Black Rifle Coffee Company. Ooh, that was sharp. Yeah, that was sharp. Yeah. See, when I when I concentrate, I can. I just didn't have the patience. That's right. Fair. There you go. Patience. I wanted to get to the end of it really quickly. Patience is a virtue. Okay. Yeah. I, so. I, I found that interesting that Louis was talking about. Um, he had to learn that lesson of patience over and over and over again. Because there's been times where he, uh, him and I have had, you know, I've had those conversations where we were like, when is this going to happen? When is this going to happen? And we're both like, well, I think, I think someday. I think someday. And then when the things start happening, when the things start paying off, and I'm like, like hey, I, th- I, think we, I think we got there. And he's like, yeah, this is great. And so to watch God work. In just in, in just the the few years that I've known Louis, uh, I, I've I've watched those experiences, some of those experiences. I know I know he's got a. I also learned patient controlling my anger. Mm-hmm. When I was young, I didn't have very much um, patience. You would say something to me, and it was a fight. And anything you said, it was I just ran up on you and just knocked you out. Mm-hmm. And now, I just. Try to listen, hold myself back, and try not to continue that step that I was when I was younger because um, it doesn't pay off all the time. Yeah, it's experience gained through the patience, right? Mm-hmm. Patient is hard, especially a person like me that I, I lose my patience real quick, but it, it was hard. And I learned how to do it, and I didn't have that patience with my wife. And I lost her because of that patience. 
And I learned, and now with my second woman, we've been together a long time. Very long time, yeah. Most most of the so you years must be doing something surf. right. Thank God for that. She's a patient woman too, though. Yeah, she is. <laughs> but she's also that. she's also tough. She don't yeah. hold back. She gets right in my face sometimes. Yeah. Her and Laura are cut from the same cloth on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> tough, tough ladies. There you go. We, uh, we all of us, all us men can figure out ways to be. Extremely difficult, Yvonne. I don't know well, if you know that or not. You gotta have patience in everything <laughs> that you do in real life. <laughs> you gotta you gotta story about difficult fillers. <laughs> you gotta have patience in everything you do in life, even at work, even with your kids, even with your lady, and everything that you do in life because everything is always gonna bring you down. Not everybody is gonna agree with you and they're gonna try to pull your buttons and you gotta learn how to control those yep. nobody's perfect no and life ain't easy nope. well, sure ain't speaking of things that aren't easy um hunter biden's having a hard time uh, well that's something <laughs> that is easy that's a person Ooh. that is easy oh. <laughs> <laughs> thanks sterling does that, does that have to get cut? Hey, I'm sorry. he got that one on time. Yeah. Awesome. Does that have to get cut? I'm sorry. It's getting better. No. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Okay. If it's funny, it stays. <laughs> um, <laughs> coming from the post-millennial this week, uh, FBI agents say there is enough evidence to charge Hunter Biden with tax and gun crimes. Now, this is the FBI saying this. So you know that there's some things actually happening there because the FBI doesn't do anything to the Biden family, right? You don't mess with them. Nope. That's what Biden says. <laughs> to quote Biden. You don't right? mess. You don't F with the Bidens. That's right. So uh, the FBI sees enough evidence against Hunter Biden to charge the president's son with tax and gun uh, purchase crimes. Uh, sources told the Washington Post. Uh, charges are now pending on whether or not a, a U.S. attorney in Delaware will file such charges. Uh, the Post reports that investigation uh, investigators began looking into younger uh, Biden in 2018 after he became the central focus of then-President Trump's 2020 re-election campaign. The investigation started with uh, investigations into Hunter's finances related to overseas business ties. Investigators would then delve into um, how he lied about his income or whether he lied on gun purchase paperwork in the same year, uh, the source told the Post. A viable criminal case against Hunter has been uh, assembled for months now, uh, though it is uh, up to prosecutors at the Justice Department and not agents to make the call on whether uh, to file the charges against him. Um, David C. Weiss, uh, a Trump nominee from 2017, is supervising the case. Attorney General Merrick Garland has said. So um, given the fact that this is up to the Justice Department, do you think that they're actually going to pull the trigger on all of this evidence (laughs) okay so i think maybe if we get new people in november uh that they may give some courage to some people in the justice department because i think just like the fbi there are people who uh really believe in justice Mm -hmm. um but there are also people that are at the top that do not believe in justice at all 
So it would take someone with a lot of courage in the Justice Department to say, no, we're going to try this with Merrick Garland at the helm. Or if they could possibly have him impeached, I don't know what they could do, but that's also a possibility with new people in the Congress. Yeah, there's a lot of situations with Merrick that I have a little bit of a tough time with. (laughs) I'm not a big fan of the AG. Um, and I, and I think um, I, I'm with you there. And I, I think that uh, as strong as a uh, person as, as David uh, looks to be, not David Weiss, um, I, I think that Merrick Garland would put uh, a roll of duct tape around him real quick and stop him from being able to actually rolling out this case and, and pressing the charges. That's the FBI person, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, okay. The, yeah. Justice Department. So as a general rule, the Justice Department doesn't, move forward on any kind of uh, cases near an election cycle. It's just because it, it can affect the election cycle and make it not fair. Mm-hmm. Um, so unfortunately we're going to have to wait until after, uh, <laughs> until yeah. after the election cycle is over before we really know anything about this. Yeah. One thing I know that um, this, this story that we're looking into right now, I mean, the, with this an FBI agents and everything, we're not going to find it on Twitter. And, and and until well after the elections also right Alan? and 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 probably after the elections they'll say oh it was a mistake i mean facebook's already told us we can't see have you did you get that update i've gotten like, a few things from with, facebook recently. within a couple of days of the election uh they're oh yes they're wiping out anything that can be considered um you know anything that could affect the election or how people yeah. vote i guess with money with that being said get out of way, you could get out of anything if you got the money and you're rich, you could get out of murder. Look at OJ. He got out of it. And um, this is um, something that um, I think that they're not going to follow because Biden's going to be paying these people off sooner or later. They're just going to forget about it. Wait, you said OJ did it? I think he did. <laughs> oh, allegedly. I, d- I didn't have time to gasp. <laughs> I think he did, yes. Because, I mean... Well, it didn't it end up being, the, yeah, so I, I guess they had to acquit it. <laughs> yeah. 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 They couldn't prove it, but yeah. the money got them out. Good lawyers. Yeah. I guess, guess being rich can get you, afford you all kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, just like being a Biden, right? <laughs> right. Um, but you have to remember that that is not the end of the story either. So keeping that in the perspective, yeah, you know, the, eternal perspective. I guess well, you say true, but if you uh, believe that, then it will eventually come back. And uh, on top of that, people know. Yeah, more and more people are are, are waking up and and they're realizing that there's a lot. There actually is a lot more on that laptop than just these things, and a lot more things that they can charge Hunter for. So I, I think um, the FBI can only build a larger case from here to then. Once you said past the elections, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. we can we can have an even bigger case that's gonna. We'll see what happens. Excuse me. Blow the roof all the place. We'll see how long they can keep Air Force One in the air. Keep him safe. <laughs> they can't arrest me. I'm in the air. I'm not on the ground. Don't touch me. Oh my <laughs> Home goodness. base. Home base. Don't touch me. Oh, my gosh. That'll be like the white blazer, right? They're watching the Air Force One in the air. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I just made that parallel. Thanks, Alan. You're very You're welcome. teaching lessons all over this week. I'm trying. <laughs> None of them are great, but He's working hard. <laughs> and thanks, Louie. You made help me make that connection because you talked about how OJ did it. Super <laughs> team. Yes. Oh man, look yeah. at that! It's all coming together. So yeah, we, things that we didn't go. know it in the time, but then it, it, it paid off. Yeah, paid off. There you go. <laughs> J- 
just like all the officials, <laughs> paid off. And thing, th- speaking of things that actually pay off over time, uh, is, uh, is the polls since 2012, okay, uh, coming from uh, the Political Insider, poll shows conservative Latinos with massive swing towards Republicans. A new poll shows Republican gains with uh, uh, Latinos are being driven by conservative-leaning voters who have swung massively away from the Democrat Party and now uh, represent a solid GOP base. I wonder why that is. Uh, the finding is described by NBC News reporter Mark Murray as fascinating. Hmm. <laughs> to say the least, yeah. I, I, I find it fascinating that he finds it fascinating. How about that? <laughs> uh, I guess it's Murray. It's, I don't know. It, 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 the, the spelling is weird. Anyway, I don't care. He's on NBC, so it doesn't matter if his name's right. Notes that an NBC News <laughs> Telemundo poll from 2012 shows conservative Latinos uh, wanted Democrats to control Congress by a nine-point margin. Uh, today, that number has shifted toward Republicans by a 56-point measure. Um, quote, uh, that's a net 65-point swing in a decade, and it helps to explain how Republicans have cut into d- uh, Democrats' lead among Latino voters. They're waking up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, you know, we always talk about the skin in the game, right? That's one of my favorite things to say. You have skin in the game, it changes the game. Uh, and in that episode, I, a mm-hmm. couple of episodes ago when I said, you know, <laughs> a young Democrat without a heart, you know, if you're a, if you're a young Republican, you don't have a heart. If you're an old Democrat, you don't have a brain. Um, and that's just skin in the game. So, you know, these people are coming here, they're establishing businesses and they're trying to leave from where they are because they're in poverty, come to a country where they should have promise, and they're watching, they're, they're doing the hard work. They're doing the work, they're becoming citizens. They're doing the work by putting in uh, hours and hours and hours to build their businesses just to watch them get squashed. And inevitably, as of right now, watch inflation destroy them, watch illegal immigration come, you know, start to overwhelm these, these towns that they're in because yeah. these people live in border towns. I don't care how many times CNN and MSNBC says people who look like me live in border towns. They don't. A handful do, but the majority of the population are people who came here legally and established this, these towns and established these businesses. Yes. And, you know, it's, they're really getting just battered by this administration. Yeah. Well, and, you know, they're told that, hey, you know, don't worry about having a work ethic because we'll just hand you the money. Right. And with the high crime rate also, because the, the crime rate is within their, um, you know, their community, their community. Yeah. Right. It's because of Sorry. illegal immigration coming into those neighborhoods. And, and it's, it's not just from people always say it's Mexico, it's not just from Mexico. That's just the border that's being used. People come from all over the world right. and they're, and they're coming, they're just using that border. It's mm-hmm. all, the, all so over the world. All those Canadian border people hey, when they come across that border. Yeah. Canada. Well, they're, they're terrible. About eh? Free healthcare. Hey, <laughs> it's like Nancy said. We need them to come in so they could work on the farms. Yeah, that's what Nancy Pelosi said. Yeah, that's exactly what she said this week. Yeah, T- tells you what she thinks about his- Hispanics. Mm-hmm. And so you know, the Hispanics you're only, that are only fit to do that, owning businesses and working their butts off, saying, uh, "Excuse me," you know, yeah. and they're saying maybe not Democrat. You know, like I said, the 50 and Martha's Vineyard, they picked up, if they, all of them picked up a shovel, no one would have been knocked out and no one would have been taken <laughs> out of there. They'd have walked up and been like, hey, what are the 50 of you doing? Um, shovel. <laughs> you don't to, you're in Martha's Vineyard. You don't even have to hold the shovel right. They don't know how to do work. They're not going to call you on it. We're picking <laughs> apples. <laughs> 
Like I guess that's the way you hold a shovel. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, twelve guys, one lawnmower. That's all I need to do. <laughs> Mowing the lawn, man. <laughs> right? Well, they could come to Indianapolis and pick corn. That's fair. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> some rich. I'm just picturing some rich Martha's Vineyard resident being like, "I guess it takes twelve people to mow grass." I would never know. No one in my family has ever done that. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Pay us $120 today. We got to go get a gallon of milk. <laughs> How much show was that when she was like, it's just a banana. How much is it? Like $50 or something? She said something silly. Oh, yeah. I see that too. It, it, we're making fun of it, but this is it's, what Nancy Pelosi thinks about these immigrants. Right. That they're low Disconnect. class. They come down here and they're only good for picking, um, working on a farm, picking apples, picking gr- uh, um, corn. And stuff like that. She don't realize that these people could be very intelligent people, you know, mm-hmm. and they could probably do a lot of things and working in and an office. And they are doing a lot of things. They're well, working in the medical field. They're owning their own business, as we mentioned already. Uh, yeah. There's some in politics. Yeah. And so you know, it's sky's the limit. This is still America at this moment. So yes. And not only right. that, but we're we're talking about. What what is that big shift caused by, right? What is that big shift other than the, the Democrats being obviously racist? Um, <laughs> and I know that word is lost. That's all all its meaning nowadays. But when you tell people that hey, you're only good for this low level job thing, you're and you're saying only this and this particular type of race can do this. Uh, Yvonne almost made my same mistake. It's <laughs> true. Alan corrected it for her. He, just get, he foresaw it. So he was more quick talent. with the hands. Yeah, even more talent at the table. Uh, <laughs> All American. That disconnect is uh, they don't share the family values. Mm-hmm. They want to see that the Democrats want to see the destruction of the family unit. That's the other thing that there are most many many of them are Catholic as far as the Hispanic community and so the Christian Catholic, Catholic yes are uh, are um, you know pro life pro family pro God uh, and that kind of thing. So and and if you discuss that with with a lot of uh, pro Hispanic, yeah, a lot of Hispanic people. That that's always the, the almost always the case, mm-hmm. almost always the case. I would say ninety eight percent of every Hispanic person I've ever met in my life always had all of those things. Usually. All those ducks are in a row, yeah, because it's ingrained in the culture. Very much so. Mm-hmm. And the Democrats don't believe in any of that. Democrats no. don't believe in any of that. And they're being more open about what they believe now with the gender thing and all these things that they're throwing out there. And the Hispanics are going, wait, not what I like. No, I don't like yeah. that at all. And when they make up their minds, by the way, they make up their minds and they're done. Yeah. They're very, you know, they have strong opinions. So they're As not, they and should. They, and they're, because they're so close-knit with their families, it spreads like crazy. Yeah. Like, I had a friend who had a Hispanic friend and, you know, she knew one person and the whole family loved her. You know, the one person loved her, the whole family loved her. So you can imagine if the one person hates what you just said, guess what? <laughs> the whole family just hates what you just said. <laughs> so yeah. hear, hear that, Nancy? Both ways. <laughs> that's Listen like, up. can that's, you hear me now? <laughs> that's like us Puerto Ricans. We was born in a farm in Puerto Rico. My grandfather, he brought the whole family over. He sold the farm and brought everybody to New York. Not all of us knew how to read and write, mm-hmm. but my grand, my uncle, who didn't know how to read and write, built a grocery store. 
started selling stuff. My other uncle started uh, driving taxi. My other uncle started selling um, Kool-Aid and stuff like that on the street and, um, and ice cream. And they didn't come down here to pick apples. They came out here to do better, and they did. And then they put all their kids through school and, and college. It created generational wealth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So we could be dumb, but we also smart in other things and a lot of other things, you know. Uh, ingenuitive, definitely. Yeah. And that's, you know, bringing skills here, bringing not even necessarily skills, bringing drive, bringing yeah. drive. And in, in America, you can <laughs> you can accomplish so many things based on an idea. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you sure you need startup capital. It is what it is, you know, and you can build up to that. You can see something and grow it. To see it to come and see it grow and you know get the fruition. Uh, I can't speak now. I'm trying to get there, but we found it. There's a difficulty. <laughs> a difficulty with Alan in speaking. Okay, but you can you can <laughs> you can have a goal here and and actually see it come true. Yeah, because yeah, a lot yeah. of uh, a lot of young kids nowadays they they have no drive. They ha- they just simply have no drive. Oh, what's on TikTok right now? That's their drive. What's what's on the next trend? Oh, oh, they're shooting potatoes at each other now. I'm going to do that. That's that's the new. That's my new. That's my next project. Fifty second goal. attention span. Yeah, not even that long. And the, this is the hard part to talk about because we do this right. Like this yeah. is what this is what we do, and uh, a lot of them is how many more likes can I get? How many clicks can I get? How can I certainly attention versus this is a business model. Um, yeah. <laughs> but they're looking for that attention, and I mean unfortunately they're not getting the attention in the right places. Yeah. It's not growing anything for them. But if their attention was here, they'd learn that, Hey, drive can pay off. Yeah. yeah. I mean, work hard and, and you can accomplish big, big things uh, and, and stay focused on your goal. Stay. Cause when you're, when you're, when your eye is off the goal and you, 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 you know, you start to step away a little bit, it's almost like a boat going adrift. Right. You forgot to start paddling back to shore. It'll take you longer to get back where you're going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you can't get back to shore as easily. So you have to paddle even harder, paddle even harder, paddle even harder. And before you know it, you've done took a nap and you're, you've already been spilled off into the ocean. And so you got you got to really stay focused on your goals, stay focused on your goals and have the drive to keep going forward. And you can learn that from a culture that is swinging Republican now. And so if you have drive, I'd say you probably ought to vote red. I'm going to sway the election right now. <laughs> vote red. Because we know you have the drive to go down to those. Uh, e red pilled. Well, one group one group talks about it. Yeah. The other group does it. Yeah. We know you have the drive to go Do down it. there. Yeah, exactly. And vote. <laughs> November the 5th, right? Yes. Yes. November 5th. Yeah, you got to remember the 5th of November. Nice. I think it's a quote from a, from a film, I think. I'm not sure. And it's better to vote <laughs> in person instead of just sending a mail in. Vote in person on election day. Yeah. Show, show them your, you know, show them your ID. I know. Say, I heard that, heard that it was difficult for, for certain people to get an ID, but uh, I, I just, I've, I've never met a person that's like, nope, I have no clue how to get an that's ID. That's a big lie. And in, in, in Indiana? Dude, it's super easy. All mm-hmm. you need is access to the internet. You don't have to like, go to the library, bro. The motor library vehicle, has internet for free. <laughs> the motor vehicle give you a free ID. ID. State ID. Yeah. 
And and uh, uh, if you're in Indiana in particular, I'll just go ahead and give you the link now because I was at a licensed branch for 10 years. Go to mybmv.com, and uh, you, have, you can learn how to get an Indiana State ID. That's right. That way you can be at the polls and vote red with us on November 5th. Suddenly our population surges. <laughs> People from everywhere come to Indiana and get an ID. Like, hey, we can get we know how to get one there. It's got an entire list on, on the website. Great. <laughs> as long as they're coming here to vote red, I'm good with it. <laughs> what? Um, yeah, I got a letter. I'll, I'll take yellow, guys. <laughs> you want to vote yellow? I'm with you. I got a letter saying that if I wanted to vote, on paper and mailed it in or go personally. I said I'd rather go personally because you never know what that letter yeah. might wind up. Right. Could be in the water, could be in the garbage. <laughs> 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 could end up in a creek. Right. Or <laughs> 2,000 mules. Okay. Yeah, yeah it, could, it could end up in a, in a cooler. <laughs> That's supposedly camera equipment. I don't, you know, no correlation there. <laughs> Completely unrelated. I wonder. If I, I'm wonder when I die, I'd still be voting. He probably. <laughs> I'll as go long for, as you vote Republican, <laughs> I'll go twice for you, Louis. Okay. <laughs> Just leave me your ID in the will. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean that's not me? <laughs> Can't you see? I look exactly like that picture. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Speaking of yeah. going off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> pardon me. Pardon me. Speaking of pardons, coming from the post millennial this week, uh, 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 there's a second story from them. We like them. Um, Biden pardons all people convicted of simple marijuana possession under federal law. Woo. Trying to uh, buy votes much? Are you happy, Lou? <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for it to come here to Indianapolis. <laughs> Hit a few tokes. <laughs> <laughs> and He's I won't kidding. have to be erased. <laughs> He's kidding. You, you can't smoke it in the pipe because that's not simple. You can't, you can't use any crazy apparatus. He said simple possession. <laughs> so, no, President. Just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah. Um, Anything the president does is simple. Because <laughs> he is, in fact. It has to be simple. simple. Very much simple. Where are we? Uh, so, President Biden pardoned. All, all uh, former former Vice President Biden, we should say, uh, pardoned all people convicted of marijuana possession under uh, federal law on Thursday, and stated that his administration would look at whether or not the drug should be cla- uh, classed as a Schedule One drug, uh, along with uh, cocaine and heroin. Uh, these pardons affect nearly uh, 6,500 individuals, so 6,500 new Democrat votes, right? Just saying. Anyway, here. Uh, Do the math. <laughs> unless they have previous felonies in which case it doesn't really matter it doesn't really matter <laughs> it's like what do you mean I don't get to leave jail you smashed into that convenience store sir that's a crime yes that's a crime I'm just <laughs> saying they can't vote because <laughs> they have a felony they can't vote um, so uh, uh, the 6,500 individuals who were convicted uh, on simple marijuana possession charges between 92 and uh, 2021 uh, 1992 and 2021 for those Gen Zs out there. They're like, what do you mean 92? We haven't got there yet. Um, uh, his administration is also pardoning offenders in Washington, D.C. as well, uh, reports the, the New York Times. Um, he made an announcement in a tweet. Huh. He gets to be on Twitter still. He's like Lucky a bird. him. Because he's not mean. 
Because he's simple. <laughs> it's because he's, he's simple. He's yeah. not mean. Oh, my goodness. As I've said before, no one should be in jail just for using or possessing marijuana. Today I'm taking steps to end our failed approach. Allow me to lay them out. Jill, where are we? <laughs> Jill, did you lay out my pants? <laughs> and that is a direct quote. No. <laughs> Could be Kamala over there helping out too because she used to smoke it. Pants? Yes. <laughs> I, I knew there was that one guy. Oh, um. <laughs> Good, 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 good job. <laughs> <laughs> Let's so, go, Brandon. <laughs> it's on my hat. Maybe you can't read it from there. So, uh, quote, first I'm pardoning all uh, prior federal offenses of simple, uh, uh, he says, offenses of simple marijuana possession. Uh, there are thousands of people who were uh, previously convicted of simple possession who uh, may be denied uh, employment, uh, housing, or educational opportunities as a result. Uh, my pardon will remove this burden. And allow them to vote for me. Uh, uh, second, I'm calling on governors to pardon simple state marijuana possession offenses. Just as no one should be in a federal prison solely for possessing marijuana. No one should be in a local jail or state prison for that reason either. Third, we classify marijuana as, uh, as the sa at the same level as heroin and more serious than fentanyl. Which, unfortunately, I do agree with. A lot of the things he's saying here, this is very, very true. Uh, it makes no sense. I'm, I'm asking uh, at Secretary Bakara, I, I don't know if I said that name right, and the Attorney General, Merrick Garland, to initiate the process of reviewing how marijuana is scheduled under federal law. Okay, so I agree with the problem. I do not agree with the solution. The yeah. solution would be to make fentanyl a Schedule C drug. Swap them. Right. Right. Move fentanyl to the top, but schedule one drug. Move marijuana to hardly Marijuana anything. can stay or go. It doesn't make any difference, but fentanyl is definitely dangerous. Cocaine also. Okay, I'm from the Nancy Reagan era. Just, Just say, say no. no. You're, yeah. This is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. Well, I and know that, that included marijuana. So, I, I mean, I, we have that discussion with a lot of people. but I have, a, I have a little bit of a libertarian view on this, and I know that's weird for... And Alan might be rejoicing in that, but there's a little bit, a little bit of a libertarian view on this particular subject, and it's, I think, I think that people should be allowed to, to take part if they if they want to, uh, and I don't think that it should be against the law to do so. However, that being said, yes, we've got to tax and regulate it, right? Tax and regulate it, um, because if you're going to get some tax money so the Democrats can keep printing all this money and spending it, that's a good place to start. Um, but not only that, um, I, I've known a lot of people that, uh, that 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 was their way of relaxing or whatever. Because some people have a couple glasses of wine or whatever in the evening, and that's how they relax. I'm not justifying it because I don't particularly personally agree with doing those things. However, if that's how you relax in the evening, per the law, I think you should be it should be okay and permissible, given that you're the correct age. So, like with I know cigarettes is what 18. Right, or that moved to 21. I think it's 18. 18. So, I, but I, because it does alter the mind, much like alcohol does, I think the age, there should be like an age limit, like age 21, where it's permissible per the law, and it's taxed and regulated. So that way we can get rid of these things being laced with 
things like fentanyl, where you find these kids that are having to get, uh, what is it? What, what is that drug that they have to use? Narcan. Uh, Narcan. Um, to, to resuscitate them because they've smoked a little joint or something, trying it for the first time because they were curious. They, they were a stupid kid. And then now they're lying dead on the floor and they have to have this Narcan administered to them to bring them back. See, I'm a, I'm a very cruel person because I have a lot of friends who are in law enforcement and, and fire department and EMT and things like that. Um, and I'm sorry. I think there should be a Narcan age limit. I, I really think after like 27, because that 27 yeah. rule of people killing themselves or whatever, yeah. I think there needs to be a cutoff of like, after this age, you don't get Narcan. I'm sorry. Or, I'm after, so sorry. or after 15 times. Uh, that's fair too. Because yeah. I can't tell you how many times, you know, people I know who are firefighters are like, literally I use Narcan on the same person every week. Yeah. Every single week I find this person strung out completely dead, almost completely dead. And we have to revive them and deal with them fighting us. Uh, just so the next week they go back to doing it. And I'm like, look, at some point you have to say, okay, look, you were a kid. You were this age. You were dumb. You did something. You tried something. It was an accident. And then at some point you have to be like, look, this is obvious. The path, obviously the path you've chosen. I know that's horrible. A lot of people say that, you know, no. you don't natural understand. selection. Right? Well, it, well, a lot of people <laughs> say you don't understand until you have a drug addict in your family who, yeah. and you watch them struggle. I just don't have that kind of patience. Yeah. As much as we talked about patience earlier, I don't have. I want to understand what what are we talking about? Marijuana? Oh, I'm talking about Narcan right now. I'm like Narcan. actually bringing somebody back from an opioid, and just saying, look, you know, at a certain age, there's a cutoff. As far as I'm concerned, we don't Narcan every person on the street. We just say, hey, you're over this X age. I'm sorry, you're on. Are uh, they mixing it with weed? So but, that is a common problem nowadays. It, this is happening to a lot well, of. I uh, didn't know that. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people they're, they're they're going out and they're getting this unregulated, and also unfortunately untaxed uh, <laughs> uh, marijuana. And when when it's unregulated, when when there's no one that can keep their eyes on it, like a Philip Morris. Uh, instead of filling it with uh, chemicals that are going to kill you their way, uh, it kills you with chemicals that will kill you right away. Because um, fentanyl gets laced into it uh, all, more often than not nowadays because you know, uh, I agree it's coming with, from China. I agree with them making marijuana yeah. legal as yeah. long as they don't mix it with nothing. Yeah, so I'm saying regulate it. Yep. Liquor is more of a killer drug than marijuana is. So yeah. not unless you don't mix it, but if you have re regular marijuana, ain't gonna kill you. It's something that God put on this earth anyway. Yes, it is. Also, um, I I could see them outlawing coke, crack. I seen them. I seen people do crack in New York City, yeah. and that's not a pretty sight. You don't know what it does to a woman, a guy. It brings them down and makes them look bad, but it makes a woman worse because she's out there ha sunning herself, doing crazy things. No inhibitions, yeah. And, and you see them walking like zombies at nighttime out there looking in the floor. They see a little rock, and they think it's crack, you know? And that's we, we used to drive around in the neighborhood, and see them and say, "Oh, the night of the living dead." They're walking around, yep. and that's a that's a sad sight to see kids like that. I know kids, boys, that would give give themselves, man. You know, I I, right, I, right. I looked at that them. Yeah. They would 
to go to these dealers and not have money and give their butt up to get that crack. And it, it makes me want to cry, I tell you. It, it's sad. If people ever been to New York and see these people, how they act and how they are, it, it's a sad sight, you know, and they yeah. should get rid of all those drugs. Those are drugs that are no good for the people. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? Um, it, if, if a thing like marijuana could allow them to relax, maybe so that they could curb that a little bit, they could go to a local dispensary, right, and say, I have a problem with this. I'd like to pivot that um, and just, you know, have something a little that, something that takes the edge off. Again, I don't disagree with it. I think, I think if they cracked open a book, a book called the Holy Bible, it'd probably take all that away from them. But you know, if that's the the temporary band aid that they chose and the time, it should be they should be able to do it safely, it's especially in the United States of America, mm-hmm. where we can, where we can we can we can regulate it. We can make it safe for people to consume so that they not out here killing themselves every week. Right. And, Right. Well, I was just thinking unregulated alcohol, right? Um, unregulated, unregulated alcohol. The first run of alcohol out of a, out of a still or even the first run in a fresh batch uh, can actually carry incredibly harmful chemicals that you ingest, right? So we have companies that are regulated, that know this, that test. Otherwise, these things can cause blindness. They can cause brain damage, other things like that. And that's just alcohol. That's something we have. We have an abundance in this country, right? Yeah. And it's not, I'm saying, oh, we need to go back to prohibition, nothing like that. But I'm saying there was a reason why that stuff was cracked down on and why we have the ATF. Because a lot of people say, well, why are they bothering poor people who want to make alcohol in the woods, right? But that's really why is because you run that first, if someone bottles something, hands it to you, you're trusting them. And then you drink it, it's unregulated, it hasn't been tested or anything like that. Then it causes brain damage, blindness, things like that. You took that risk, sure, you had that right. But- just like with marijuana or any kind of drug, um, marijuana especially, since we're talking about dispensaries, it needs to be regulated. And you're and yes. and 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 you are making a ton of jobs between growing it, uh, between the dispensaries themselves. Um, I mean, I'm a libertarian, so I, I hate taxes. Period. But but you should definitely tax it yeah. and save people in other ways. Tax the vices. Right. Right. You want it? You want to do it? It's gonna, it's just going to cost you. Yeah. Now what we see across the country is that you have to be able to keep the price after taxes and things like that down. A lot of other people, it's still in other States, it's still cheaper to go buy it from your street dealer than it is to buy at the dispensary because the taxes are so high. So you got to kind of balance that. The reason I waved and I don't know if it got caught on camera or not. The reason I waved is because my my niece actually just stepped into the studio for a second to to say hello. (laughs) Um, And I like all those points, Alan. Thank you for driving that home. Oh, shucks. Thank you, Josh. But <laughs> if we could get rid of all of it, it would be great. Yeah. It would be a lot great if we could get rid of everything. Like, it harms people. Yeah. That would be that would be great. I think the first step ought to be putting fentanyl on the high list. That should be yeah. the there number is, one. There is no reason for it not to be. And, you know, the border, that would take care of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We could we could do something like I don't know, build a big beautiful wall. Um, that might that might help. Remain in Mexico. Yeah, you know, I'll let them the process them there. Years. Yeah, because they were doing a good job mm-hmm. under under the Trump administration. Mexico was doing a really good job and uh, of processing and and allowing the uh, only the people that truly needed asylum 
or truly wanted to immigrate properly through um, during that time. And the cartels are making a whole lot of money on all of this. So, And they don't care who they kill. Another. They just keep putting in the drugs. They're the ones that you don't want to have, that you don't want to have money, you know? Right. Or we could uh, we could just tell Mexico, hey, you're American now, and then just move the cartels down further south, and then their border will be this much bigger, oh, so <laughs> much smaller. It'd be so much easier to cover that small gap. Because <laughs> then we could just send in the U.S. Army and take them all out. <laughs> it's called conquer and keep. It was the uh, the Annex. rule of law for all of history. Right, we're the only country that's ever had this much power and didn't do everything didn't, with it. Didn't try to take over another country. Right. Wow. What what nice guys this that, that we are as a country. We I mean literally, I mean, we all the time we're like, "Oh yeah, Saudi Arabia, you can you can walk all over us and talk trash and even lower our uh, barrel rate by how how many was that, Louis? 200 200 yeah. 200 bill. Billion, billion? Mil. million. 200 million barrels. Just lowered it. Punked out Biden real quick. Or we could conquer and keep. Yeah. Go back to old old way of doing, and obviously we're not going that. I'm not making a call to action, but I mean, it, strategically, it'd be better just to go ahead and take Canada. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Say you're Americans now. Stop speaking French, by the way. We don't like that. Here. We don't. We don't do that. Here. <laughs> we'll, we'll accept Spanish. Yeah. It's okay. We we. we, we. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that Bonjour. would be if we wanted oil. If we really wanted oil, and the easiest route, of course, would be just going Drill. right over the border. Yeah. Yeah. Drill, baby, drill. <laughs> Come here, Justin. Come here. <laughs> not a call to action. No, not a call to action. <laughs> just saying, if there were a route to go, yeah. why would you go across the ocean when you can just just go up north? And they don't have an army because we're their army. Just saying, we have options. I mean, these, <laughs> I mean, honestly, NATO countries, NATO countries are just like, hey, we have five people in the army and three guns. Oh, oh, and we have the U.S. on our side. <laughs> oh, we and just we like, have the U.S. Yeah, and we can just tell them that they're the U.S. now, and then, like, what are they going to do? Come. I actually, oh, and you're not you're not paying your fair share, so you know. Don't I have to worry actually about was going to say that I was going <laughs> to go that route. Trump came on and said, "Hey, you're not paying your fair share. Why are we paying fifty percent? You're paying two percent. You're not yeah. even paying two percent. Pay your two percent. Yeah, pay something. Right. And um, I can talk about NATO for hours. <laughs> <laughs> also, you know the. We don't just have a Mexican border that they're sneaking through. They're sneaking through Canada and other places oh, yeah. in the United States. Mm-hmm. You could go straight from Canada into New York through the woods and come out in Bear Mountain. Because Bear Mountain goes right into just Canada. Just giving them pointers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is how you do it. Step Instructions by Instructions from Louie. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to come through the Canadian border... <laughs> And Soon to be co- America. They should cover all of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of covering things, um, Daily Wire covered uh, uh, <coughs> a, what I found to be uh, a story worth telling this week. Oklahoma governor signs bill stopping gender transition services at children's hospitals. It sounds so strange that we'd have to do that. I mean, <laughs> anyway, I'm going to go into the article first, and then I'll, then we'll commentate. Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt, Stite, Stitt, one or the other. He's Republican, so we like him. And uh, signed a bill on Tuesday that prohibits uh, gender transition services for children at an Oklahoma pediatric hospital. The bill requires Oklahoma Children's Hospital to stop offering gender services to minors in order to keep millions of dollars in federal uh, COVID relief money. Uh, 
Quote, um, by signing this bill today, we are taking the first step to protect children from permanent gender transition surgeries and therapies. Um, I don't like the word therapies. It's, it's not a therapy. Uh, it, uh, the, the governor said in a news release, it was wildly inappropriate for taxpayer dollars to be used uh, for condoning, promoting, or performing these types of controversial procedures in, in healthy children. Uh, I don't care if they're, they're healthy or not. They, sh- they shouldn't be performing these procedures. Uh, the, go- uh, the governor also said the bill does not uh, go far enough. I agree with that. And called on the legis- uh, legislature to ban medical gender transition for children across the state. Quote, I'm calling for the legislature to ban all irreversible gender transition surgeries and hormone hormone therapies on minors when they uh, convene next session in February 2023. Uh, We we cannot turn a blind eye to what's happening all across our nation. And as a governor, I will not uh, allow life-altering transition surgeries on minor children in this state of Oklahoma. Wow. Just wow. It's, it, like I said, it sounds weird just to say that we have to have stuff like that. Just just a few months ago, really, what did you did, would you think that you would ever have to utter uh, words children's like that? hospital? No, uh, no, not for a not for a transition. I mean, that's insane. That's insane. Yeah. And the fact that he had they had to sign this to to stop the hospital from doing these sexual. Uh, gender, trans, whatever they're calling it now. I don't, I don't even know what the proper term is now because it, it changes all the time. I think the, the last term I heard was like gender affirmation surgery or something. Yeah, that's what they like to call it. Yeah. How do you feel? But, oh, I feel like this. Okay, you are that now. Yeah. but No. Truth doesn't change, people. God created you the way that you are. That's right. And so you have to base your decisions on truth, and that is... Speaking the truth, what he's doing is speaking the truth to these people and saying, no, that is not appropriate. Yeah. You know, standing up for that in his position. And I think that's a wonderful thing. And the whole country should do it. And we need to stop the nonsense and stop teaching the kids that it's okay or that there's any doubt. You know, we just need to tell them the truth. Stop stop pushing it on them, too. Stop pushing a lie on them. Yeah. Treat the mental health problem. Yeah. Right. If, if there actually is. If there is even that kind of problem. It could just be, you know, parents. a kid being silly. Well, I'm saying at that age, I can see that. But I'm saying as right. they get older, when you see adults doing that, um, generally that comes along with mental substantial health. mental issues. Yeah. Um, and I'm not trying to say that, oh, these people are crazy. I'm just saying that those coincide. Um, you know, suicidal thoughts. That's why you don't see a difference in the, you don't see a drop in suicides between uh pre-transition and post-transition those people the numbers stay exactly the same so those people were never happy to begin with they had other problems and they thought this was the problem this goes goes from 47 percent to 48 percent like well they're like yeah. hey i felt this way which it's means i'm obviously not right there's something i'm meant to be this and that would fix the problem but that doesn't fix the problem that obviously makes it worse because now they've done this drastic surgery they've done this drastic thing thinking it's going to fix the problem and it doesn't so it's it compounds yeah. There are people who have had that surgery and regretted it later and realized that it was a mistake and spoken out about it and uh, and explained where they were at and the regret that they had for that. Yeah, so, gluing the parts back on doesn't you do know, it. It doesn't. No. You can't do you can't do you It's can't. not a Mr. Potato Head. It doesn't nope. work that way. No. Nope, doesn't work. Does not work that way. And but the the fact that they're doing this with children I like that sound effect, by the way. We didn't have that on the soundboard. That was that was all Alan. Um, 
Good job, Alan. <laughs> Thank you. Yet another talent. Uh, <laughs> Got to pick on him. Uh, no, but uh, little kids. I, you know, remember when you were, maybe you can, maybe you don't remember when you were five, but if you remember when you were, you know, five, seven, ten years old, what were the biggest decisions you were making at that age? Do I want a cookie, and will mom and dad give it to me? Right. About about right. Is that right. one of the biggest decisions you were making about that time? Sure. Uh, Kids at that age are very confused. Yeah, they don't yeah. even know what they want. If they want to be a fireman or a policeman or this and that, they're confused. And somebody's got to direct them in the right direction. And that's yeah. the thing. Like there are, there's a hierarchy, right? There, you have parents, you have teachers, you have adults that are you've been told are gonna that have your best interest in mind. And when your parents are looking at you, saying, "You know what, you." Little Bobby, you wore a dress. The first thing you wanted to wear was a dress. That must mean that you are a girl. Yeah. You want to play with a Barbie instead of a G.I. Joe. That means you must be a girl. No. I mean, just picked up that toy or wore that outfit. Kids being kids. Right. Because kids, kids, are, kids are goofy, but they, you know, they don't know yet. They don't know yet. And that's why, we're, that's why we're, we're here. We're not here to pander to what we think they're, what direction they're going. We're here to uh, show them how to think so they can assess it for themselves. Now, hey, if they hit the age of 18, unfortunately, now they're an adult. And even if you don't like it and they choose to do so, that's not against the law. But up until then, if you're instilling those values early, if you're saying, hey, assess your situation, what do you think? Do you think this is what you you, want to be doing? Allow them to make their own decision for sure, but also, you know, show them how to think about these situations. Now, when they're two and three, obviously, that, that they're, they're not making that decision. They don't, they don't even know their colors yet, probably. Uh, I don't know, developmental stages. <laughs> they're learning their but, colors. Yeah, about that age, right? right? Two and three. So if they don't know the difference between blue and green, how do they know the difference between their situation and someone else's situation. Yeah, and, and I call it a situation because they don't know boy, girl, whatever. They, they don't and mom, literally dad. literally everything right? makes them sad at some point. <laughs> like, you took my toys. Right. <laughs> you know, it's not like I think I'm a guy and I'm a girl or something type of major decision making yeah. right there. A friend of mine made a that point. That they're ready for. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Oh, you're good. I, and I interrupted you. I'm sorry. Um, a friend of mine made a good point. He said, you know, if a teacher looked at my son, my five-year-old son, and said, um, a boy who likes another boy is gay, my son would look at his best friend and say, well, I like my best friend. Right. That must mean I'm gay. Right. Yeah. They wouldn't, there's no, they don't understand the nuance. They don't understand the gray that's in between that black and white. They only see the black and white because that's, those are the options that they have. They yeah. understand the options that are available. They don't understand there's tons of nuance in between. So, yeah, if you look at a five-year-old and you say, hey, boys like boys, they're gay. And they're going to look at their best friend and believe that they're gay. Um, and they're going to, you know, change. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. It's just upsetting. And that's all yeah. it takes. So, you know, yeah. that's all it takes right there. That's why they're called that Im- seed. impressionable. Yeah. Right. So, and like you said, they trust the adults around them to give them the right direction. And if they don't, then... I thought they were impressionable because their skulls were still soft. That too. Literally and figuratively. Yeah. And kids are that young, they like to experiment. And if you don't teach them the right things, they'll experiment on anything. Yep. 
the how to think. They need that. They need that how to think. Give them the guardrails. Don't. It's <laughs> don't like just. A, it's like when you These teach your little kid. <laughs> it's like you teach your kid. He's. You see his flame. He's gonna put his hand on the flame. You're gonna stop him, mm-hmm. and tell him no, no. That's gonna burn you. If you go out there and steal, you're gonna teach him no. That's not what you're supposed to do. The same thing with gender. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You gotta teach them. I still go back to God made you, and that's the best defense, and it's lost in this culture. Yeah. Well, the devil's also working over time on that too. You know, mm-hmm. he sure is. Uh, and we're gonna we're gonna put a stop to him right now with a little bit of prayer. So we're gonna, we're gonna close this up, okay. and we're gonna say, Father God, I want to thank you for this time of uh, fellowship. Like I said once again, just like at the beginning. Allows us this time to point right back at you, Lord, and glorify you, praise you. Uh, allow, allow people to see that that you're the, the values that you instill in us through that that uh, book of how to think can go to every aspect of our life. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. 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 I'm your host, Joshua Cummins. Uh, the softer side of faith, family, and politics brought the message this week. Yvonne Metcalf, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Uh, next to me, host of Rodriguez Rants, Louis Rodriguez. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming, sir. Always a pleasure. Thank you. And uh, is there somebody else here? I don't know if there's any. Is there somebody <laughs> else oh. in the room? Oh, it's yeah. A ghost. Oh, wait. <laughs> the, the only talent in the room. <laughs> host natural of the Laughing, talent. natural talent in the room, the host of Laughing Libertarian, <laughs> Alan McFarlane. Hey, thank you for thank you for having me. I can't I still can't talk. I still can't talk. <laughs> ah, it's the one flaw. The one flaw, right? I can't talk. But thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank thanks you for joining for us. Uh, it's, it's always a pleasure. And I've been your host, Joshua Cummins. We'll see you next week.